With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleeper but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh? Yeah. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the pile looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the Christmas five minutes and you about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. Huh? If you die for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This is deep. Huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you started trying to reach. Huh? But after him who was able to possess your father by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now, upon his sisters prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. Oh, thank you so much. 
Yeah, well, let's go. We're going to get right into this interview. I mean, you got a ton of accolades here, top 100 Billboard R&B charts, uh, um, Best Jazz Band, New England Urban Music Awards, Boston Music Awards, Boston Phoenix Awards. Girl, you've been doing your thing. Hey, I do. I try my best, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, listen, we're going to start, and I always like to um, – get to know the artists and I know, you know, you you've got all these great things going on, you know, your uh new albums and new songs where our listeners are gonna be able to put their ear on a few seconds, but um tell our listeners a little bit who you are. You know, I like to know something about the artists. You know, a lot of us started out in the church, so can you share a little about with our listeners? I mean, did did you start in the school? Did you have music in your family? You know, because I know there's other young ladies out there that want to know you, want to know how you got started and all that. So let's start at the beginning. Is that okay with you? Of course. Thank you. Yes, I've been a musician for about, a professional musician for about 20 years now. I did start in the church. I'm a Midwest girl. I was originally from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and my uh, my grandfather was a pastor. My mother was a choir director, and um, I started out singing. I knew singing it. I, I, I knew kid. it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah, so I just, you know, uh, music has always been a part of my life, either from my family or from, you know, growing up in school. And then later on, as I got older, I went to Berklee College of Music in Boston, and um, and then I moved to New York. And, you know, I've just been grinding and doing my best to push the move, the music forward ever since. Um, and from what I've heard, you've been doing a, a fantastic um, a job at it. Uh, who who are some of the who are some of the artists that you know inspired you? Um, you know, I there's a lot of folks. It's funny. I was just listening to um, this old Anita Baker video from North Sea Jazz Festival and thinking about how much I really admired her growing up, and Chaka Khan, and Sarah Vaughn, and Carmen McRae, and Betty Carter, for your, you know, jazz fans out there. Um, I really, really enjoyed listening to a lot of vocalists, and some folks, one of my favorite London artists is a man named Omar Lifebook. I really love his funk and jazz soul mix, Um, so just about everybody, and, and, you know, I love everything from Annie Lennox and Celine Dion to Sarah Vaughn and, you know, Patti LaBelle. So I think it's all played played some sort of a role in, in my musical development. Uh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I mean, it's great to just even hear you say that because, you know, I, I talk to so many different artists and, you know, being an artist myself, I, you know, they say, I ask them stuff, and they're like, well, I got my own style, and I got my own thing, you know what I mean? But I'm like, we're all of a product of our environment some way or another. We all, you know, got something from somebody. If you listen to anybody growing up, how can you right. deny them? Right, exactly, exactly. And I think there's nothing new under the sun either, you know what I mean? So, you know, all this music that people think they have invented now, if you listen back to the 20s and 30s, 40s, 50s, you'll hear those elements over and over again. So, mm-hmm. but I love it. You know, you have, <laughs> I know it's it's terrible. It's a uh, let me see. It's a blessing and a curse. Sometimes I say. Mm-hmm. Um, one of your songs I was listening to earlier, you know, I want to I want to get our listeners' ear on this one, and then I want to come back and chop it up with you some more, because when I heard this, I mean, I I just fell in love. Actually, I fell in love with the production. Uh, I fell in love with your voice, and I want our listeners to fall in love with it too. So um, that particular song is called Open Air. Oh, okay. So can you, uh, I don't know, why don't you tell us a little about that, and then I'll play it. Sure. So Open Air is a song I wrote, actually, for my husband before we got married. Um, I had been single for quite a while, and then I met this really awesome, smart, nerdy, but but dope Brooklyn dude, and I never thought that (laughs) I would... (laughs) I never thought I would uh, settle down again, and he just, you know... 
to hug him made me feel like a breath of fresh air. And so as I was uh, starting to date him, I was actually in the process of writing this album. And so Open Air is kind of my love letter to him and how grateful I am and was at the time, too, uh, for our relationship. So it's a love song. All right. Hope you enjoy it. Yeah, we shall. Hey, everybody, you know what I like to say, what I always say. Let the windows down, turn the air conditioner up, and put your ears on this. This is open air. I still can't believe that you even exist. After all this time, I've been single for so long. You say such sweet things to me. I never even imagined that love could be like this. And I'm so grateful. That mm. I'm so very grateful to have you in my life. I just want to show you, you make me feel like I'm floating on, on It's everywhere I breathe And you can see it on my face So tell me that right here Is where you always want to be Let me fulfill your heart's desire And feel my love floating All around you I want to show you how much I adore you let me hold you, say I love you while I'm rolling. God for you made a wish on this love of mine, but then you came better than I imagined. Just wanna love you for a long, long time. Don't ever doubt the fact that I love you. It's as sure as the sun will shine. It's you for me, it's me for you. We'll be together and in love for a long, long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Baby, it's alright. Mm-hmm. Say, mm-hmm. So 
So what do you do? Tell me, tell us a little bit about your your little creative process because you know everybody um, you know writes songs differently. Some people you know pull from their personal experiences. Other people just you know get that little that little thing that they get early in the morning. That little knock. That little angel would be like knocking in your ear. Mm, I think you know it, it depends really on the song. Sometimes I hear things in. A dream like the the song I have an album called Honey Wine and the first uh, the first title track on that album I heard the bass line in a dream and I literally woke up singing it um, and then some songs like Open Air came to me out of a dating experience uh, Journey of a Woman which is uh, the second album and the first title track of that song. Uh, I wrote with my producer, Aaron Brooks-Roberts, and actually my producer, Aaron Brooks-Roberts, wrote a lot of this music with me and most of um, Journey of a Woman, the second album, with me. And so sometimes what happens is I'll come to him and say, I got this bass line that I can't get out of my head, or I've got this melody I can't get out of my head, and, you know, what do you think about this? And then we'll just sit down and go through it together. Or sometimes I'll have, like, a full concept of how I want the song to go from start to finish, and he just helps me, you know, improve on the instrumentation so it really varies i think it's the creative process as long as you're open to it and you're open to receiving whatever music comes to you at the time songs can hit you any anywhere anytime any place and one thing you said that was special that uh, you remembered when you woke up, because sometimes you remember something when you sleep and it sounds good, and you say, hey, "Yeah, wake up," you know, and that you're in that little twilight sleep, and you say, "Yeah, I'm gonna remember that." So as soon as I get up, you know, I'm gonna put it down, and boy, and you, when you wake up, you're like, "I know I was supposed to remember something." Yeah, I keep my phone right next to me because you never know. <laughs> it just, it definitely hits me. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that. There are sometimes when I have dreams of music and. I don't remember it when I wake up, and I'm so brokenhearted. But sometimes I get lucky, and it stays with me. So. Yeah, they keep telling me I need to get one of those little pocket, little one of those little little hand recorders and stuff, and I get around again. Yeah. It. <laughs> so listen, you uh, do you work with uh, you have multiple producers. I mean, you work with the same band, or um, what's going on with that? I didn't even ask you earlier. Do you do you play yourself? I play a little bit of keyboard, um, but what I really love to do is do vocal arranging, complex harmonies, vocal harmonies, um, you know. So my instrument is in my body, my voice. Uh, But I do definitely use the keyboard to arrange my songs, to play my songs. But I would never say that I play as well as my producer. He's the one that can really throw down. Um, So, you know, that's, that's. One of the things that I think in terms of musicians and people that I've worked with before in the past, right now the band that I have I met when I first moved to Denver. I've only been in Denver for the last three years. And um, when I moved here, I had to completely hire all new musicians. Uh, But then I was blessed that my my producer that I worked with in Jersey, my best friend, is he's married to my best friend, and she's a really incredible uh, violinist. Her name is Monique Brooks-Roberts, and she's on the album that you heard. um, And, you know, all of us work well together. We're like a little musician family. And so after we moved to Denver in 2016, they actually decided to move to Denver as well. And they have their own projects, and I have my projects, and we always collaborate and work together. So um, from a producer standpoint, I've been working with um, Aaron Brooks-Roberts for a long time. I've also worked with um, Alex Scott. I've worked with um, Camilo Kratz, which is out of New York, um, at Soundworks Studio in Astoria. Um, and I'm currently about to start working with another um, producer and guitarist and songwriter. His name is Callum Bear. Um, and they, together, Callum and Aaron, have been working with me on album number three, which is currently in process. And I'm so excited because I can't wait to see what else we, cre- we create out of what we've already done. So, mm-hmm. You know, what I'm, what I'm hearing, too, that, that you work with uh, so many different producers, and I know some artists tend to want to only deal with one producer, 
but I'm I'm liking the idea, and I've always felt that when you're an artist and you deal with different producers, you have, or at least they have the ability to pull different things out of you that maybe the artists themselves don't even know that they have in them. And it just gives you a broader experience. Would you agree with that? Definitely. I think at the end of the day, I'm a musician, and I'm open to where wherever the music takes me. I think, you know, if you try to pigeonhole yourself or say, you know, I'll only work with one person, and definitely it feels good. You know, Janet Jackson worked with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, and obviously that was a great <laughs> collaboration, and they made great, great music together. So I think there's something to be said for when you have someone that you're so familiar with and that you work well together with. Um, it's great to keep that relationship going. But I'm always open. I'm always open to uh, any possibilities and anybody who wants to create with me. Um, and I think it's fun, and I think it challenges you to grow. I, I, I think it's, it really brings you out of your own box and, and helps you, you know, see what other music could be created. When I moved to Denver, I really was um, intent on trying to make music with as many people as possible. Because I think sometimes as a musician, especially as a singer, you can kind of pigeon your whole, pigeonhole yourself uh, into one sound. And I never wanted to do that. So it's a lot of right. fun. It's a lot right. of fun to different people. Right. And I totally agree with you 150% on that one. As an artist, why wouldn't you um, want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Usually on my show, I only play like one or two songs uh, of the artists that I'm interviewing. But guess what? I got about 90 of your songs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm being silly again. But listen, um, we have, um, let me see, Miracles, Peace, uh, Black Girl, and Honey Wine. So which one should I go with now? Um, I would say play Black Girl. It's a really powerful song. It's a it's really a love song that I wrote to my fellow sisters of color. It's a song that I think um, celebrates us and who we are. It's a song that also features my best friend, the one that I was talking to you about. Um, uh, sorry, it, it features Travis Antoine on trumpet, um, and it's it's just a really powerful. Uh, love story about really loving yourself and supporting yourself even when you don't think you can soar you can actually fly and black girls as we know are magic and this song is a tribute to that fantastic well here we go everybody let the windows down turn the air conditioning up this is Raj Delari with black girls Black girl singing in the dead of night Take your broken wings and learn to fly All of your life You were only waiting for this moment to arrive Black girl walking down the street at night Take your brilliant dreams straight to the sky All your life You work down to the bone so that your babies can survive Black girl fly Black girl fly Into the light of the dark black night
Girl, Miss Drama Ganza, mm-hmm, check. Lip gloss, check. Mascara, check. I am Indy with the homie K. Diddy, check, check. You listening to Blog Talk Radio, baby, and I love you for it. Mwah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We back with our guest today, Raj Delari, with another powerful song. I'm loving what you do. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of... uh other um, black females out there We definitely appreciate that song too It um, seems like everybody knows That you guys are running things right about now <laughs> I don't know about that But we, we still not trying Hey listen I'm trying to get some brownie points You know you guys been making us think We've been running things But it's really been you guys all the time <laughs> I do I do think that uh women of color have been at the forefront of a lot of the you know progressive change that's happened in the world or at least in our communities um you know but we need all the help we can get so you know I think it's a it's a community effort how about that Okay I see you being politically correct <laughs> I understand <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I understand. I understand. But we can say what we want to say. <laughs> hey, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but listen, as 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 a uh, female artist um, in this business, I mean, how has it how has it been for you? I mean, because you hear all kind of you know horror stories, you know, different types of success stories, but 
What's your most favorite part, man? What's the part that you least like to deal with? I think my most favorite part is, of course, making music. That's something that, you know, I feel like I live and breathe and I get to, um, I'm blessed to do. I have always um, met some really amazing musicians and people who have become my family in these projects, you know, making an album is almost like having a baby and having a marriage, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a labor of love. And that part to me is always awesome. And also just the live performance for me, you know, making music is almost like a form of worship. I feel like we go to church in our concerts. It's a blend of jazz, soul, R&B, you never know what to hear. Um, and so that part of it is a lot of fun. I think the challenging part, and, you know, I've had an epiphany lately that even the challenging part isn't as bad as we think it is. Um, As any artist, you'll find challenges with raising funds for your project and, you know, managing your social media and getting venues to book you and all of that stuff. But lately I've just had an epiphany that uh, the more you – really open yourself up and think positively about who you are and your art, you know, as you're playing this music now, I think about, wow, you know, I love the sound. I, you know, a lot of the music that I make, I I make it for other people, sure, but I made it for me first, you know. I made Black Girl for me first, you know, uh, because it was something that I wanted to hear on the radio. And so when I get a chance to listen back to uh, things that I've created and to think about the process and, you know, I just realize that uh, it's all a blessing. You know what I mean? You can, you can work hard and um, you, you might have your challenges, but at the end of the day, I get to be a musician and go around and make music and make people feel good. And that's the best job in the world, I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you get to touch get to touch a lot of people, and uh, I was telling this one guy um, uh, on one of my shows, and you know, um, through your music, um, through your lyrics, uh, your message, actually uh, your spirit in those songs, and, and that's the way of ministering to people too. You know, Absolutely. like some people go in church. Some people say, "Well, you know, I have a church, I have a congregation, and I have what a thousand, thousand people to come to my church." But uh, Roger Lar, you touch thousands, you touch millions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, millions. So if your 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 message and your song is talking about something, I mean, how powerful is that? Uh, Yes, that's exactly it, and that's exactly what really makes me so grateful to be a musician and so grateful for this whole process because, you know, in this day and age, in this world, with everything that's going on, like you said, you have to have some positivity, you have to have some uplifting ways to push through, and I think music does that and can do that, and I'm grateful, you know. Some people, their talent is in the boardroom and being a business person or being a medicine person or a surgeon. For me, my talent is I get to sing and I get to minister to people and I get to provide some sort of healing if I can, you know. So that makes me happy. That's what ministers are supposed to do. That's <laughs> <Hey. laughs> what you're supposed to do. I have a question yeah. here, and I, I don't know. It says, uh, um, well, have you ever dealt with performance anxiety? I don't know too many artists that's never really dealt with that, but let me see how you handle it. You know, performance anxiety is very interesting. I, You know, of course I have. I think every artist does, and I think the more that you care about a project, of course, the more you feel <laughs> It works <laughs> You know, which is a beautiful thing because I think if you don't care, then you lose some of the magic that happens. You know, any artist that comes along that makes music for people, um, you want them to feel it. You want them to enjoy the process. You You want people to get the message that you're trying to send. And so when you go on stage, you have that, oh, I hope that they understand. I hope that they feel this as much as I do. Um, but I find that if you lean into that anxiety and you push through it, 
it feels really awesome when you get to the other side. Like it just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you, hey, listen, what you talk when you get to the other side? I mean, when I first started, I mean that first second too is. Should I run off the stage? Or where's that guy with the long hook right, going right. to be at? <laughs> right, exactly. You, you know, I think all of us have had those moments, whether it's the first time you step out on stage or the first time you do a really major concert or, you know, the first time you meet some executive and you just have to kind of put yourself on the spot. We all have those moments. And, and I think being an artist is the is one of the most challenging because, you know, all, all that you have is, is your art, you know? So when you go out there to pitch yourself to people, you're giving them your baby. You're essentially handing them your baby and saying, you know, what do you think about this? But what's beautiful is that in, in that process, you just have some really amazing exchanges with people and, you know, you meet amazing people. And when I got to go to London and uh, talk with, like, Chris Phillips at Jazz FM and for him to say, you know, Honey Wine is the top album, and we really enjoy your music. And, you know, something me, you know, something that I created in my little living room with my friends, you know, it just, it, it's such an amazing feeling. So I feel like it's worth it. Right. It's worth the anxiety if that's what you get on the other side of it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, because you can't get to the other side, actually, um, till you go through it. Right. Absolutely. Um, can't get there without going through it. How did you like? Uh, how did you like London? I loved London. I, you know, I can't wait to go back there. I'm hoping to go back there once the third album is done. Um, truly, truly loved it. Beautiful place. I met some dope people. Um, it's just uh, an amazing vibe. I was, I was so tempted to move there when we went to London. <laughs> But, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, I had a lot of shows that I had to do back in the States, so um, ended up coming back. But, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out a way to get back overseas. We had such a great time. And we also played at the Biz Art Club in Paris. Um, and just love, I mean, the band was phenomenal. The people were phenomenal. The audience was phenomenal. We just, it was amazing. So, yeah, loved it. I love it. I love it. I love it over there because to me, you know, London and some of the other areas over there. Um, I mean, they, they're they're audiophiles. I mean, they they're truly into yeah. the the music and the the whole vibe is is just different. You know, it's kind of almost unexplainable unless you've been there. You know, the fact that you've been there, you know what I'm saying. You know, just how they appreciate the art, the music yeah. is totally different. Thing like than the way they do here in the states. Here they kind of want to compare you. Everything you do is compared to somebody else, better or worse. It's, it's a comparison thing. But there, if they just love what you do, that's that's it. Yeah, and I think that there's a that, you know London and and overseas, you know London, Paris, uh, any places international. They're almost what the states were before you know record companies and marketing got to the industry and. Um, you know, not to say that there aren't beautiful, incredible musicians that come out of the States by any means, but I right. feel like there's such a, there's such a commodification of the music now. I was watching this interview last night with D'Angelo and Tavis Smiley. I don't know if you ever, if you saw that. It was like a four-part interview that he did when he came out with Black Messiah. And he was talking about that, you know, the desire that you have as an artist to really stay true to yourself because in the States, you know, they will put you in a box quickly. And, you know, yeah. I remember once I was doing an interview and someone said, well, what do you, who do you sound like? And then they said, wait a minute, no, you sound like Raj Delari. And I was like, that's the answer I'm talking about, you know? You can say I'm similar, right. You can say I'm similar to somebody, much respect. I love all the artists that are out there, but I want to be known for being me. That's the best thing, so... I definitely feel that when I go overseas a little bit more than when I'm in the States sometimes. Right, right. As you should, as you should, because I've been there. I've been to – have you been to meet them yet? No, no, but would love to go. I would love yeah, to go to Brussels, really... Belgium, you know, that whole area too. Mm. Yes, yes. Well, listen, we're going to go ahead and play Honeywine because I want our listeners to put the air on some more of your stuff, you know, because time be flying when you be having fun. <laughs> All right. 
everyone, you know what I'm going to say. Let the windows down, turn the air conditioner up, and put your ears on this. This is Honeywine, Roger Larry, y'all. <laughs> so, Roger Larry, what's next for you? What are you doing next? Oh, I have um, some shows coming up, and I'm working on album number three. I just finished a really powerful play. I also am an actress, and so I just finished a really powerful play called uh, Crowns here in the Colorado area, and um, we have some shows coming up. 
uh, with my band. My band is called the Raj Delari Experience. And we are performing this Saturday, actually, um, for a festival up in Colorado Springs. And then we are uh, doing a really beautiful jazz introspective show on the 25th of October. And we're working seriously on finishing the third project. And I'm hoping to travel overseas next year. So lots of good stuff happening. I'm really excited. When you come in this way, when you come in to the West Coast, when you come in down toward California way, Listen, I'll come as soon as people invite me. I'd love to. I, you know, I really want to connect with some venues and uh, promoters and things like that. We have packages that we can share with folks. Um, you know, would love to go to Yoshi's and some other places in the area. So, if you know anybody, let me know. Oh, absolutely, because we're going to talk to your people. Have your people talk to my people about your acting. There you and go. Stuff, we have some, we have some uh, film projects jumping off and um, oh, all surrounding music. Um, matter of fact, one of, uh, well, anyway, I can kind of tell you, uh, I'm doing a cooking show. It's called Cooking with My Homies, which is uh, okay. basically a celebrity, uh, celebrity-based cooking show, which is actually featuring artists from all genres. Um, okay. That know how to, you know, make some spaghetti or boil some hot dogs. Because, you know, most of the time when you're on the road or touring, you know, like I've been, you know, we get tired of, uh, you know, Jack in the Box. You know, we don't want to go in there. And most of us, you know, our parents taught us how to cook something. And um, yeah, there's a lot of there's, there's, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people out there want to know what you know how to do, what your mom or your grandmama taught you how to do. You know, some of your fans. So, you know, it's gonna um, be a great, great show. Um, what made me think about it is uh, one of my friends and artists I used to manage, a jazz uh, keyboardist, uh, Bobby Lyle. I don't know if you know okay. about him, but he's a yeah. world-renowned keyboardist. Uh, he's one of the jazz artists that I'm going to have on the show. And then I have some R&B, um, some rock. So, yeah, i definitely like to talk to your people about that. So we'll get into that when we're off the air. But um, That sounds so fun. Good. Let me, sounds like a lot of Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely going to enjoy that one because, you know, people want to they want to hear and see what you're doing. You get to play your new music and talk about what you got going on and and see you go in there and burn something, too. There you go. Listen, I make I make a good, I make a mean peach cobbler and banana pudding now, so we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely going definitely to chop it up. But listen, I want to throw this one at you, too, because we kind of touched on it um, um, um a minute ago, how how important would you say social networking is to you? Because I know, again, a lot of artists out there, you know, they're into, you know, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and all that stuff. But as an artist, how important would you feel that is to you? You know, it's interesting because I've been thinking a lot about this with a lot of my musician friends, and we've been kind of talking about it. I think I think there's been a change in the industry a little bit. Um, I think social media is very important, but I think that sometimes, and myself included, I can be guilty of this, as an artist, especially an independent artist, you might say, well, I just need to put out content. And so you just start, you know, putting out whatever it is that you think about in the moment. And the people that I really admire, like if if you consider like D'Angelo or people like that, folks that I really admire, um, they're very specific about their content and they're very specific about the way they do their marketing. And I think it helps to tell a better story. You know, when you look at folks online and, and their social media presence and their social media platform is really jumbled and you see everything from the high, you know, the high concert they do to the French fries they had that day, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I wonder if the culture is shifting to more dedicated and more poignant marketing. And so I've been thinking a lot about that lately and uh, thinking about ways to change up my social media to get a greater reach and stuff. And so I think it's important, but I think how you use it and why you use it is really uh, is really good as well. And I think that you stated sense? it very well. Yeah, well, to me, I think you said it very eloquently, as I might say, a lot better than I could say myself, because I happen to know some artists. I mean, they flood they flood the um, the market with so much material, and they don't understand that you know the market is. I mean, people are kind of fickle. You know, you gotta right. kind of be kind of specific 
with what you're doing, just like you just mentioned, you know what I mean? Other than that, you're missing everything you're trying to do. Yeah, and I can honestly say I have been guilty of it in the past. When you're when you're an independent artist and you're really just trying to get your name out there and you're trying to get the word out, you think, okay, I need to I need to post every little single thing. You know, if I go to Starbucks and get a coffee, I need to post that. And while that might be right. good, and I think that it's I think for instance, if you're you know, my husband tells me this all the time. It's like if you're Shaka Khan or someone like that, and you have like an established. Uh, marketing presence for 30, 40, 50 years, then, yeah, people want to know what kind of coffee you drink. But if you're an independent artist and you're really starting out, thinking about what your platform really looks like and what it, what's the one message, if, you, if someone looked at you and had one sentence to say about you and your social media, what would that be? So that's what I've been really, like, marinating on these days, and it's it's been really – eye-opening and, and really fascinating to kind of rethink the way that I've done marketing because I've been doing this for such a long time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we can have long conversations and it made, about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it, made, and, and, it made, and it makes perfect sense because one part of it is look at me, look at me, look at me, and the other mm-hmm. part, you know, well, you know, our parents used to tell you that familiarity sometimes breeds contempt, you know. Right, um, right. It become you makes you common. Then if you common, you know, then you, know, you ain't no different than nobody else next door. I mean, you know, right? What you does know, that yeah, yeah. You're losing and missing your whole point. But I just want to say right here, uh, Rod, like for those listeners that's got with us late, you'll be able to um, hear the whole show in its entirety. So I don't want you to feel like you missed nothing. You know, it's been some powerful stuff said, and um, I know there's a lot of artists out there that's trying to get into this business that we in and there's some things yeah. you might want to know and you definitely need to practice your craft. You especially supposed to know your stuff, um, before you step to somebody because nobody's gonna live your dream for you. And Amen. the old man says, you know, if you if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Mhm. Absolutely. Yep, yep. So listen, we're going to play Miracles, Roger Larry, because uh, I think that's what this world needs right about now. We need some miracles. Man, we need something. <laughs> I don't know what. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> everybody put your ears on this. This is Miracles, Roger Larry, man. We've been loving this interview. Y'all put your ears on this one.
we're back with our guest today, Roger Lowry in the building, y'all. Hey, I love that song. Thank you. Yeah, well, like I said, you have uh, some new fans out here now, and definitely we're going to be supporting you um, moving forward. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really glad, really glad you enjoyed the music. Yeah, well, um, I'm very, <laughs> I'm, I'm very picky. From being an artist, producer, manager, the label, you know what I mean, and coming from the old school where we had to like learn how to play, learn how to read music, you know. So um, I'm very picky about the music. That's why a lot of times I listen to more comedy than anything. But uh, mm-hmm. I do respect. I do respect uh, a true artist, uh, a well-rounded artist, and uh, I like your music. I like your production. You know, I like definitely like some of the things that you said and shared with us on the show today. Um, so, I mean, it's just beautiful, and it's, um, you know, enlightening, you know what I mean? So, um, Yeah, great. thank you. Great person, great artist. But real quickly, tell everybody where they can go get your music and stuff. We got about a minute left, so tell them where they can go get you. Sure. Okay, y'all can find me on social media, all platforms: Facebook and Instagram at Raj Delari Music, R A J D U L A R I, and my website is www.rajdelari.com, R A J D U L A R I. And thank you so much for having me on your show. It's been great speaking with you as well. And hopefully I'll see you on the West Coast sometime soon. Oh, you will. Trust me. We're going to get you out here. We're going to get me there. Uh, We're going to have a problem. (laughs) 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 Yes, okay. Well, everybody, like I said, the show will be ready in a few minutes. You can hit Worldwide, iHeart, Amazon, wherever you get your doggone music from. You don't have no excuse. And if you don't know where to get it, ask your mama, ask your daddy, ask the neighbor, ask the milkman. Ask somebody because ain't nobody going to tell you no different lie. But somebody know where to go hear the show so they can go hear this music. So go get it. And uh, we're going to send you home with this one. This is Roger DeLarry, and this one's called Peace. So y'all go get this one and check it out. Put your ears on this one. Just trust to leave. 
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.